Hello and welcome to the smallest pocket game in town. Hi, I'm Valerio. I'm joined by Ray. Hi, Valerio. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you and all our listeners a happy new year. Thank you. So, what are we talking about today? Well, the last time I saw you, we were playing our Christmas game. And it seems like a long time ago that uh, we, we played that game. And I think we did do a podcast about the Christmas special and some of the changes we were making. So maybe it's best to have a quick review of how it went. What did you think of it? Yeah, I think it's good to have a review of that game that it didn't go re- really well for me because we play some kind of variation of the game, like the neat game, and I was really not prepared to that, and it didn't go well for me. But I think he he went well for you, probably because you prepare a lot, being googling neat game and researching. I didn't do any homework, and the other guys as well they were not prepared and. I think you play very well and I was too sticky because I was try to not lose the net game but I was losing more money just to be sticky. That was my mistake. The other variation, 72, you win with 72, really we didn't play that one because probably the incentive was too low compared to the st- uh, how deep was the stack that was not what take a risk and we didn't have too much time it was like a, a half of the time so half session and the other other like the bet, bet, uh, the best hand of the night um, really did influence too much was not that important but I think the neat game really influenced the way we played and we saw also players that were neat Usually in our game, they were not any more neat in that game. They play very well. So things change if you if you push yourself in a way. A, a player can be, from neat, can play like a more aggressive game, balanced, because it's not just not to be aggressive. It's to be balanced with the game. Then, Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think what was interesting was how some players adjusted to the the game the changes that we put in and one of our tightest players suddenly started bluffing and because you had to show down your hand in order to give up your knit token you could see what people were doing and he was playing like a man inspired and uh, and and did very well from the knit game other people played too cool almost played too cautiously and and they, they got punished and wound up paying the, the Nick game penalty. I would say we're not going to go into what the Nick game is. You can look at our Christmas special podcast and you'll find out all about the, what we did. But basically, it, if, if you played too tightly, you wound up paying a penalty to the other players. Yeah, um, also too passive. I played too passively, just calling. Yeah. And that was no good strategy. It just uh, I lost more money just calling. I became a calling station because I want to. I don't want to give up to the hand because of the stick. And probably passivity is not really was not a, a really good strategy or aggressive or just fault. I think what we saw was that people who were playing aggressively and betting and raising bigger amounts 
tended to do well in the knit game because they got folds from people. Whereas if you were simply calling to try and get to the river and make a hand, you didn't do so well. But it may just have been the way it worked. I think the, uh, you're right, the seven deuce game didn't really make much of an impact. The, we had bomb pots uh, at the beginning and end of the first half. I mean, they, they moved a few chips around. But probably the biggest change was the second half, where we went to a 1-3 blind structure. And we normally start with 200 chips and have a small blind of one chip and a big blind of two chips. So we start with 100 big blinds. And we could everybody bought in for another f five pounds and another 100 chips. But it actually made quite a big difference, the size of the pots. It doesn't sound much going to a big blind of three. But I think uh, once I remembered to raise according to what the big blind was and making my raises more like 10 and 12 rather than six and eight, I thought that uh, the pots got bigger and you could really, you know, it, it changed things, I think. Yeah, also because we, we were used to the one two structure and then uh, sometimes you I saw people betting uh, like it was the one two structure and then you slowly you had to adapt you and to understand okay it's a little bigger because the big blind is three and sometimes we are a little bit sticky with the small blind but you realize that putting extra two chips it make a difference then at the beginning, it was not like that, but we realized we were playing less, a little bit less uh, in the small blind because it was too expensive to play. Mm. So also, I think if you were making like three bets, suddenly you had to be p prepared to actually, particularly if you were three betting out of position and somebody has made it 10 or 12, if you're going to three bet four times that and you're going to three bet 40 or 48, well... That's a big bet in our game, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, and you had to be prepared to, to get stacks in at that point. So the, you raise first turn, you raise three times, you bet nine. In the in one two is six chips. In, the, in this game was nine chips. If someone three bet you, like with four time, it's 36 chips then it starts to be a big bet. But compared to the how deep is your stack, it's not that. It's just compared to what we used to play. But the stack is, we bought like 15, uh, it was 15 pounds. Usually we buy in with 10 pounds. Then also the stack was a little bit deeper. Then this compensate, but it's difficult to adjust if you are not used, I think. Then you have to think about it's sometimes also in the river, uh, uh, on the river, on the turn, also after the flop, we will bet in different amount uh, without well, counting a beginning. A beginning. Yeah, we still count how many chips there are there. I think, yes, yeah, I think, um, you know, you, you, you put a raise in and get called by three people, and if you've made the raise to 10, suddenly there's 40 chips in the pot well then your continuation bet if you're going to bet 
I don't know, half pot, you're going to put 20 in. Suddenly, the it sort of ex, it grows exponentially, doesn't it, when in those situations? Yeah, I think also because we are used one few, uh, we it's easy to count. But this one was new. Then after you had to adjust and counting. It's not online. Then everything is counted for you. You know exactly. Then you had to do it. I thought was a little bit. It it was it was a little bit more difficult because sometimes you you think you play one two games and then you come. But yet still you have to adapt to this yeah. new new way of betting. I think the other thing is we we only still had a a fairly short playing session. So I, I don't really put much store on people's individual results in 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 a session because it's it's we were still probably only playing a hundred hands in the in the evening but at, at the end we all adapted uh, yeah. after a few ends i think it was easy to adapt then uh, yeah probably uh, during the night the difficult things was the neat game compared to the other things the other were a little bit more adaptable easy to play the neat game really is a, a completely different strategy you have to understand how to do it because put more pressure you 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 have to act but not too much then you really don't know what is the balance yeah and but one thing's for sure it, it took us out of our comfort zone yeah. and and that it was, was fun, i think yeah. that was good and it was a lot of fun too uh, and i think we would i'm sure we'll you know we'll we'll do it again whether we whether we wait till Christmas this year or we do it before then, we probably will have an evening perhaps where we have have uh, some of these looser games. So we hope that if you if you tried it out in your game at Christmas, you had fun too and uh, enjoyed the experience. I think of suddenly being jolted out of your comfort zone, which probably brings us on to the future. Yes, so I think you also we didn't play too much for during Christmas and we'll be doing other things and probably this is the first day we're starting and thinking about poker I didn't play anything online no live so the next Friday is going to be our first games after three weeks no playing yeah and uh, of course we have been thinking a bit uh, about what's what's next we want to improve and I've been thinking about changing something new year resolutions for my pocket game and also you I think you we were talking discussing about this and so what are your resolutions for the next year what you want to improve what you want to do what yeah to... I think it's too general just to say I want to get better at poker yeah. I think uh, I have to identify the areas where I I know for sure I'm a little weak on I think and I I, I think there's one of the downsides of playing in a, a regular game and we played 45 home games last year with pretty much a lot of the time the same people is that you get into a very comfortable situation i i know i can win against the opposition i think on average i don't win every time but i think i'm a winning player and i think that can just is, no, I thought you are a winning player yeah. with the statistics. Yeah, then. but I, 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 I think the danger there is that you just get complacent, and I've noticed some of our players are changing, and you, you're, you're, you're one of those people who's adapting, and there, are, there are a few others who are saying, yeah, I, they can't let me get away with it <laughs> again, and so I've got to be. I think my resolution is to be very sensitive to how people are changing their game 
and to change my game accordingly. And that will mean probably trying some things out that I don't normally do. I mean, an example of that would be bluff check raising. And I can count the number of times I did that last year on the fingers of one hand, probably. And I think I, I want to incorporate more of that into my game against certain players. And that's the other thing is you can't just say, I'm going to do more of that against everybody. There's some people it's not worth doing it against and other people where, yeah, I can exact some value from doing it. So I think for me, it's watching how people are adapting changing my game to do better against them what about you so i think i would like to improve like observation i want to to see a little bit more tells exploit tells and to do this i to observe a little bit more from the each hand from the beginning how people play it and see if there is the hand go to the river to see the 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 hand and see how people played. Then uh, try to use the tell. And so have me try to be a little more focused in this during the game, this in general. And I would like also to bring every week a little thing new to experiment with. Just, I know if I play like, like usual, I know that I, I'm a winning player, but doesn't do anything good to my game. I want to improve. So I think just a little thing to adjust. Maybe also the same thing. One thing I try and the next week I say, okay, how it went. And then I can bring the same thing with a little bit variation to see how it works. Like a three betting. Okay, didn't work well. What can I do to change to our table? And then I try again next time with a little bit variation to improve. But always something little. I don't want to change everything because as uh, is not going to work. Just an experiment. Just start with when changing one thing, and see if it's going to work. And then always small, small things. And I want to do this also online. I want to bring every time I got a little session. I'm doing just 25 minutes for half an hour a day. Probably I'm going to have like two, four tables open just focus half an hour to have as many hands as I want and I just focus on one aspect of my game and analyze afterward like half an hour analyze the hands and see how can I improve and each day bring change it and see what can I do differently I think uh, I, I like the idea of trying something different in our in our home game and I, I like the idea because we talk so much together about it I like it when I do something out of the ordinary and you notice and you're going what are you doing you've never done that before or you know you you, you made a raise to 25 when, with all these people limping though I think if you're able to do something like that you're disrupting the game, I think. And I think, it, I, I suppose, I, yeah, maybe I changed my uh, my resolution to trying to be a bit more disruptive. Yeah, a little bit more, less predictable. Than yeah. You bring every time, especially in our game, because we know each other very well, no? And then if you bring in a game that everybody knows each other, something different, you just disrupt a little bit. You are less predictable. And I think it's very important 
you know each other. But if you go to Las Vegas, it's different because we don't know the other players. Then it's less important to change each time. But we prepare to Las Vegas playing a little bit different each time and see how we can exploit it. For me, just the preparation is like our live game is good because you see the real people. Yeah. But probably online, because you got different players, you don't know how they play, then it's a good way to prepare to Vegas, changing a little bit more to see how can you exploit a, a certain kind of player. And I think this is important. doesn't matter if you win or you lose. It, mm. it, it just you need to understand if you lose, is a good lesson for you because you learn, okay, I lose. Oh, Maybe because I didn't get the cards right, sometimes it happened. Or because I was a fool because I shouldn't play like that. But you have to learn experimenting. I think the point you make about observation in our game, I find it quite hard to to be focused on everybody because it's a social game and you're having a drink or eating sweets or something like that and you're having a bit of a joke with people and I I, I sometimes I go through the, the evening and I think try to remember what people were playing what sort of cards they were playing and I I realize I haven't taken very much in and that's terrible really because if you're going to play in Vegas against people you don't know anything about You've got to start getting to work, you know. And it, uh, you know, our game is so much fun that it, it's not. I don't see it as work, but there are elements I really ought to start. Yeah, you know, what did they turn over and show at the uh, at the showdown? They were playing that, and they raised pre-flop. Well, they haven't done that before, and 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 I don't know. I mean, what do you think about taking notes at the table? Yeah, but this, what do we do? You just taking notes in a, a friendly family. <laughs> exactly. Game. It, it just, I couldn't do it. I, it I, also, you need to pretend that you you are not noticing because if people notice that you focus, then oh, he must be a good player. You don't want to look like a, a good player. You want to show that you are distracted to other things. Well, you I think one of the th- one of the things you can do in Vegas because you 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 are allowed your mobile phone with you is that you can it you can make notes it might just look like you're texting your friends yeah. trying to set dinner up and, yeah oh you, uh, you pretend to be distracted yeah with the, but you really observe and then after you're thinking about the hands yeah. pretending you are distracted and then yeah. people, oh this guy is not paying attention to the game but yeah instead you are you're taking notes and yeah you're, you're, and you then you all pick your phone up and see that you might have a message from somebody yeah. but you're not you're faking it everybody you know? thinks that you are distracted but you are not really you are completely focused on the game it just yeah. maybe you, oh this guy is chatting with friends he's doing the, but yeah. he's not he's just taking notes nobody knows what you do with your phone no exactly so i think i i think i'm certainly gonna sort of try and find the sort of shorthand that i can use particularly the other thing is we can discuss hands afterwards you know when we have dinner or whatever yeah. but i think at the at the home game doing that at the home game is, is not going to work people are going to yeah, but to pay attention is important because if you cannot understand, you cannot see the tells in our game, how hard is it going to be to, with people that you don't know? Is yeah. it even harder? So I, for me, it's just how oh, it's hard to see tells in our game. Yeah. I cannot see. It means that I really don't pay attention. I, I, I thought I was paying attention. In reality, I'm not paying attention because I cannot see anything. Yeah. Okay, sometimes I notice something but disappear. Then, but... It, it, 
it's in our game. We know each other so well. So how you, I pretend to, to go to Vegas and read tales of other players that I don't know. It just is not going to happen. I mean, I, I think one of the things I might try doing is say simply for that evening that we play, let's say this Friday, I just pick one person at the table who I'm just going to observe as much as I can. And, and at the end of the evening, I should be able to write down their starting ranges, what they're doing, and I should be able to have picked up, hopefully, at least something they do when they have a really good hand, when they have the nuts and they are betting or raising. I maybe start like that, start small. I think it's a good idea because... Uh, like five, six people tracking is overwhelming. Just start tracking the one on your left or the second one on your left that are the most important people. You are playing a lot of hands, probably out of position most of the time. Then you really need to know what, what they're doing. Then probably start with the, the one immediate to your left to see yeah. what he's doing. And then uh, when you learn, you, you learn to do it fast, to yeah. uh, read it fast, then you can do, okay, next, time, next stage is two people the one the two on your left and then you go on i think this is a really good idea yeah, yeah. I think I, it's good. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna do this on friday yeah. um just and focus if, on one if you're on my left then watch out <laughs> yeah he's yeah, going to be my first uh, yeah you're my left i know everything about you gesture you ticks you thinking your movement uh, yeah okay that's a, a real challenge i it's think what i'm gonna yeah. do the next day is try and write down everything I've learned about yeah. that player because yeah. I've not done that in our game I have some general yeah. things I've picked up from people yeah but it's more general that we can use then yeah. what's the point pick up a general thing that we cannot use at our advantage just exactly and then if you've got a technique like that and you're comfortable with it then when you go to a table of unknown players you can do it there. Yeah. And you, you what, start you might, with your left problem. Yeah. First, and you might just do a, a couple of rounds of the table, just focusing on that guy. And, you know. And probably in a big table like nine, you need to focus on just three players or those three players, yeah. probably the one on your right and the, the two immediate on your left. Then it can yeah. be good. The other thing with a big table, sometimes it's quite hard to see what they're showing down. I mean, my eyesight's not, perfect but if they're right at the other end of the table I have glasses I know but it's not I, I, I think in in you know you can imagine two cards being flopped at the end of a large table it, 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 you're, you're sort of probably you need a, you need a new pair of glasses <laughs> maybe <laughs> binoculars, binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> I can see I guess the other thing is you can always say like, what did he have you know or you can do it with your mobile phone and zoom and oh see, oh, yeah and, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think, but I, I like seats where you can see most of the cards that are, are put down. I, I don't like seats right at the end or tucked by the dealer, you know. So I think this is a good challenge. And I think, uh, well, one of the things we said we would do is in a, maybe a couple of months' time, we will do a podcast reacting to these resolutions that we have outlined uh, whether it being trying something new, whether it being improving the observation, and we'll report back on how we're getting on with it. Probably before going to Vegas, it's going to be May, maybe end of April, we can have a, 
give an update on on these new resolutions and see how yeah. we're doing. And I think yeah, it can be a good a good episode. I think so. And, and also, the other thing the we result. have we have to remember is that there are other players in our game who might have New Year's resolutions to try something different, to do something different. And that will be a challenge for us to work out how have people changed their game. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's it. <laughs>